That's right. Guys, I know that we sing a lot of songs that require us to move, but I'm telling you, just think about it. If you weren't here tonight, where would you be? Probably at a club. Some of y'all, right? But here's what we get to do, y'all. We get to dance for the Lord, and, and as you feel led, just do it. <laughs> do whatever comes to your mind, all right? Move. That's the only requirement. If y'all want to run around this church, we really haven't yet run around this church. I think the way to do it, we'd, we'd go this way. We'd go around the back, okay? Just so that we're not running in little circles right here. Everybody trips on themselves. So if you guys want to start the running thing, I'll leave it up to Nick to go ahead and lead that out. Just run around the church. This first song is called Dance. Let's open up in prayer. God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit meets with us, God. We're just excited that you had the opportunity, God, to inhabit our praise. Jesus, we pray that your revelation, God, of who you are, of you being God, will come down. God, fill our hearts with joy as we sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody say it. Let the spirit move you. 
turn my morning into dancing. My heart is full of joy. I will dance for you. Come on, declare in your hearts. You gave me love that broke down fear. My heart is filled with joy. I will dance for you. Sing it again. You gave me love that broke down fear. My heart is full with joy. I will sing to you. Oh, you will sing. We dance. We'll sing it out. Dance. Let the spirit move you. Dance. We dance. The Holy Spirit in you. Dance. We dance. Well, let the spirit move you. Your hands together, come on. Come on, Father, we just pray in this place, God, that we don't allow distractions, God, to, to take us from these times of worship, God, or when you're moving in our hearts, we pray. For Jesus, that you would come forth, that you would move in power, God. The God that people can know that you are a real God, that you're an awesome God in this place. God, move amongst your people right now. Come on, guys. Would you just ask God to move amongst you right now? Come on. Come on, ask him right now. Move upon us, God. Move upon us, Lord. Come move upon us, Jesus. All we want is you. All we need is you. This next song is called Shekinah Glory. And it's talking about the glory of the Lord coming into his place. And I just want to explain what that means. Sometimes we have no idea what we're singing. And I just hope that as I explain it, you guys can really get into this song and, and mean it from your heart. Amen. The whole premise of the song is asking God to fill up a place. Did you know that when God comes into a room, all throughout the Bible, there's, there's evidence, there's scriptures that say that when God meets people, people see themselves for who they really are. And they see that they're just dust. They see that they're nobody comparison with God. And the Bible talks about when people get that understanding that the glory of the Lord fills a place, that God's presence comes into a room. And what this song is basically saying and asking is God's presence to come down into this room. Come on. What good would it be that if you go to a baseball game but you don't see any baseball? Or you don't see any baseball players, right? What good would it be if you go to a basketball game wanting to see your, your favorite player but they're not playing? You would feel like, man, I just wasted my time. What good would a church service be if you don't meet with Jesus? Come on. All across this place, this decide in our heart that we're going to focus to the Lord in this place. And I can tell you right now, the Bible says where two or three are gathered there, His Spirit is. So God, we just come against every distraction, those things that will take our mind and our focus off from what's happening right now. God, I pray that you would touch hearts in this place, in Jesus' name.
you're a faithful God that you show up come on we're going to sing this last song it's called Jesus let me see your eyes God we just want to see you in this place be lifted up God, we know that if you don't show up, that if your spirit doesn't move us, that if your spirit doesn't lead us, then God, <laughs> we're wasting our time. 
But God, we thank you that even now, you see this time, God, and we declare that you're in control and that you would have your way amongst us, God. Sing it out, Father. And Father, I desire to see the beauty of your Son. And Jesus, I want to be closer with you where you are. We'll sing with you where you are. Let me see your eyes Let me feel your embrace Let me feel you all around me Yeah, yeah Jesus, let me see your eyes Let me feel your embrace Let me feel you all around me Yeah, yeah Sing it again, Father, I desire. And Father, I desire to see your beauty of your Son. And Jesus, sing it. No one want to be closer with
I just want to be close with you. Come on. Just an attitude of prayer. I'm just going to share some things. I just feel the Lord just leading us right now. I don't know about you, but I wake up every day and I just, I know every day brings its own challenges. Every day brings its own adventure. And throughout the day, I tend to do something. I tend to just rely on my own strength. And whenever I do that, I always seem to fail. Like, man, today I'm not going to mess up. Today I'm not going to sin. Man, today I'm going to do my best to read my word. Man, today I'm going to do my best to love somebody and, and see them the way Jesus would see them. And every time I try to do that on my own strength, it always fails. But every time I remember and I just think about it, it's every time that I come back to Jesus and I spend time in prayer just with who he is without relying on my own strength and saying, God, I can't do nothing. God, I can't be a Christian without you. God, come into my life. And every time that he meets, he reminds me it's all he's meant about him. But when this song is talking about that when, that, when you get to that place where it's just you and God, we want to see his face. Come on. The countenance of his face. And what would, he, what would he look like if he were to look at you right now? The face of Jesus, the face of God. Well, you think he'll have a face that he'll be disappointed just looking at you like maybe some of the people that we've disappointed in our lives? Just disgusted with us? What do you think God would look at you? How would he look at you? His song is asking, God, I want to see your face. I want to feel your embrace. We're going to sing this song again right now. But if you want to feel that embrace of the Lord right now, this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to do this because I'm telling you to. And it's the thing to do. If your friend steps forward and you don't, don't do it. This is what we're going to do. If you want to see the embrace, if you want to feel his embrace, you want to see his eyes, you just want to experience Jesus in a way, in this time of worship right now, that you haven't before, just step forward. Come on, just step forward. See, I want to encounter God in just a way that I haven't before. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> and this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your eyes to Jesus. You're going to put your eyes on him. See, it's never been about you stepping forward. But since the fact that you step forward, you're saying, no, I want Jesus. Just right now with all eyes closed and, and heads bowed across this place. Would you just surrender your heart to Jesus? Saying, God, I give you this thing. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I surrender my life. You want it all. This time, God, I want to meet with you. Come, we're going to sing this song again. But as we sing it, I want you to sing it just as if Jesus was at you right now. You saw his face and you felt his embrace. Don't wait for it till you feel the goosebumps. But I tell you right now that the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsaken you. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. We need his power. So God, I ask you right now that you would move in power. It's never been about what we can do, but God, that you would move amongst your people. God, move amongst this youth group. Move amongst us in power. Come on, just ask you right now and let him fill you with the Holy Spirit. Come on, we're going to get ready to sing this song right now. We surrender our hearts. Let me see. Jesus, let me see your eyes. 
all across this place. We thank you for your love, God. Mm, we just thank you, Lord. God, we just pray for the rest of the service, God, that you would be in it. God, that you would lead us. We thank you for this time of worship where we can sing songs and we can draw closer to you in that atmosphere, God, with our brothers and sisters. God, we, we just thank you, God, because you're not obliged to come, God. You're not required to come, but God, the fact that you do, that you fill our times of, of worship and praise, God, we thank you. We know that you're in this service, God. We just pray that you just fill us with your love, enjoy your peace, God, your discernment, God. 
all across this place, God. We love you. We say have your way in the service. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you just bless the name of the Lord in this place? Give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. Greet your neighbor. Come on, there's some new faces here. Won't you greet them, love on them? Thank you for coming to Elevate. And you guys can make your way to the first and second row. Here go, here go, here go. Let's get it. Yeah. I'm not as serious as some may esteem. This dream will get washed out like Listerine. If it ever stops being so pristine Switches up in style like Aguilera, Gaga, Christine Or Britney Spears drinking beers while it's glistening I don't belong here, I am just visiting With no visa, and I'm here to see Caesar And I got all of my reasons, bottom line is that we won They looking so baffled, I'm winning like a raffle With only one contestant in it while they build the castle Never on the sand, but I'm chilling on the shore I don't wanna be hassled, so I'm not keeping score Roots long, what do you stand for? Not being a man whore Oh, you're such a bore to the core, we'll take a candor Deep into my life, a miracle makes me better And left to my own, I'm just whatever I'ma do whatever it takes to get better I'ma do whatever it takes to get better I'ma do whatever it takes to get better I am better I am whatever, ever, ever it takes to get better I'ma do whatever it takes to get better Whatever it takes to get better I am whatever like batter in the oven when heat hits yeast moving body weight you could say i'm calisthenic pushing plates beating beating my body till it's ready getting stronger getting steady i explode like confetti but i'm quiet on this path you can find me where you let me i eat competition when i'm hungry let's just say they lucky that he fed me i traded in being a beast for being belief for being discreet meek and easier to teach for being like the faithful walking without seeing and looking in the mirror when i'm ready for
Valley Life Groups. It's just an awesome time. Uh, and call Adam and Cynthia for more information if you have any questions. And the Elevate E-Night October thingy, yes. How many of you guys are excited about Light it up, watch it all burn down. Light it up, watch it all burn down. Light it up, watch it all burn down. Yeah. Real talks, real truth to their hands. I've been on the street with the fish since this sick juice. Or do they just play in the sand with they boots? Who are you? I'm the silhouette that make you break your neck. Standing in the distant plains probably wouldn't break a sweat. Cause I'm cold like Baltimore winners. Dudes old school like lay away spinners. You be all out in public like stay away sinners. When you look into the mirror, do you feel a little tender? Yeah, simmer down. I am well found. If not in the booth, six feet underground. Forget that I'm worried about now. And like Adelance, I'm worried about clowns I found. That this life is a circus. We're searching for purpose. Looking to the eyes that purpose and not to the ones that hurt us. I'm all about churches, but not trying to make people feel worthless. Nah. It's pain, but dreams can't stand Up again, rise up with God. I rise up with men, stand with the fallen. We rise up with them. Let's kill death and open our eyes up again. Dear Miriam, happy birthday to you. So, happy birthday, Miriam. And, uh, Oh yes, we're able, not telling any fables Pound our fist to counterfeits, no manger or no stable These rappers are incapable, so we came to help them For the crowd scream thank you, we said we'd like to welcome oh, yeah. you To rock out so, with us, uh, which means enjoy it from Myrtle Beach To La Jolla, from the Aztecs to the Hoyas Every coast you can't avoid us, every region they employ us Cross international borders, no one man can destroy us The breaks were words spelled with an X correctly We came to represent the one who chose to elect like me From the Pacific Ocean side, sunshine on SD, home to the surface, and dudes on jet skis. We here. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And bow your bow your heads and close your eyes for a second, just as we pray. Uh, God, we just thank you for the offering, Lord, and we just ask you to to bless it, Lord God. Let it multiply, Lord God, that you would just use it to just expand, elevate, and just to do more things for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on up as you give. And Cynthia, play some music. Squish it in. I want to be able to look at you guys right over here. So maybe you guys can do it. Hallelujah. Just really quickly, I'm going to reiterate some of the things Lauren said. This coming Tuesday, our life group, 
we definitely want you to come on out watching the DVDs and don't forget that we have our night next week. Dress up as something crazy. I don't know yet what I'm gonna dress up as, but you guys will figure it out. So, hallelujah, this thing's hot. Hallelujah. Hey man, guys, let's just uh let's just pray and just ask the Lord Jesus, right? He's God. Ask him what he wants us to to actually he knows what he wants us to do, but let's pray that we as a people would get that. Okay? So God, we just pray in this place all across, God, that every person here that has come represented, God, you've seen, you know, God, more intimately, you know them better than you know themselves. And God, I pray that your word would pierce their heart. God, that they wouldn't just pick and choose what they like of the sermon from what you're saying from your word. But God, when they hear you say this, do that, don't do this, that God, they will take it, they'll do it. And God, I just pray for your spirit to just make us attentive to the things you are leading us to and the things you've already shown us in our lives. God, we pray that your love and your joy, your peace, your kindness, the fruit of the spirit will be in this place. So God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Let me pull up my notes here. I want to talk to you today just a little bit about Jesus. Is that okay? Amen. Right, right. Just open up your Bibles with me to first, not first John, but John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And, um, you know, one of the things the Lord has just been placing on my heart, lady, wanted to share with you guys is just how he moves, how he works in your life. And I think it's very important that we care about it that we watch, that we see, we discover, and we identify the ways that God is moving. Um, not Genesis. Genesis? Yes, I got it right. Genesis. Someone like her, she would want to know. I'm hoping you would want to know. But she would want to know, like, what is God doing in my life? Eva, how old are you? Twelve. As from twelve, so who's the oldest one here? Jacob? Miriam? Eighteen? 18, who's older than 18 right now? <laughs> he points at me. He's like, you, Cynthia. Okay, Cynthia's the oldest one here. Okay. But here's your idea. God wants to work in your life. Someone say, God. Come on, say it like you're awake today. Say, God wants to work in my life. Okay, and you have to believe it, and you have to know it, and you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to pay attention to what you're doing. I kind of look at it like this. Sometimes God is wanting to work in your life, but we're not paying attention, or we paid attention, or even to the point we just don't want to listen or be, out, be aware of it, or sometimes we push away, God, like, God, I don't want you to do that in my life. Like, God, you're trying to make me holy right now. God, I don't, God, I don't want that. You know I have a girlfriend. I just got her last week. God, like, the holiness, save sex for marriage next week, right? We can stop the work of God in our life. Some, somewhere like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if, if it isn't God, God, doesn't he have the ability and the power to just go ahead and, and override our thoughts? Like if, if he was God, then he can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to come into Genesis life. And even if she doesn't want to read her Bible today, I'm going to make her read her Bible. Can, can he do that? He can. He's God. But does he? No. Why? Because he made us agents of free will. He's given us the choice to come and choose him. And I want to talk to you today about the work of God because if you're not aware of it, if you're not making the efforts or you're not desiring to know, God, what are you doing in my life? Chances are your Christian life is boring. Chances are your Christian life stinks. Chances are you're on the verge of losing your salvation. That's how important it is for you to understand what is God doing in my life. 
And we're going to use this passage in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. I'm not sure if you guys have heard the story before, but it's a popular uh, story of Jesus Christ going out and doing a wonderful miracle. And the, and the title of it, the headline, or the, the title rather, is uh, said, Jesus heals a man born blind. Now, really quickly, just as I read that, some of us, when we look to the Bible, we know that it's God we're talking about. Okay, we're not talking about a genie. We're not talking about some type of person who has all types of powers, but he has flaws. He can't do this, but he can do that. We're not talking about, we're talking about God. Okay, there's only one God. There's no other gods. Like there's like a demigod. Like in our minds, we kind of like, oh, there's a demigod, there's one. No, no, there's God. No ands, ifs, buts about it. God. Okay, and so there's this guy, and the whole entire Bible gives a revelation of who he is. But here's the story of Jesus, God, healing a man born blind. And when we come to the Bible, we kind of automatically in our minds would assume that if he's God, then he can do whatever he wants. He has all this power he has. He Literally, God, he, he spoke, all right, and everything that we know today, creation, universe, came into existence. So that's the kind of God we're talking about. That's the kind of power that when we read in our mind, we just like, man, that probably doesn't make enough sense to me, but he's God. He can do it, right? Like some of the things we watch on TV, like Superman, but we don't understand, like, man, how can this guy run so fast? How can he do this? It's just Superman. That's the way it works. And when we come into this story, we understand that God, Jesus being God, he can do whatever he wants. And the title says, Jesus heals a man born blind. But let me ask you this. When we read something like that, how many of you guys today believe that God can still do things like that? How many of you guys believe that when we read stuff like Jesus healing a man born blind, and he said you're going to do the similar works and greater works than these, that God is saying, hey, listen, what you're seeing in my life, guess what? Get ready. You're going to experience it, and you're going to be able to do it. And we come to this passage like, what? And I want to get into it really quickly. So John chapter 9, verse 1. Let's go ahead and read it. Talking about the works of God. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Verse 2, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Quickly stop. This is where we're catching up. John chapter 9. Jesus is walking around with his disciples. They're just strolling in Jerusalem. They're doing their thing. They're just walking. Jesus is teaching his guys. And they walk across this man who is blind. And chances are he's on the side of the road and Jesus and them are walking. And they're walking and they look at the guy and they're probably right next to him. And they're talking about the guy right there. That seemed kind of weird like, oh, he can hear you. Chances are he was in the vicinity we can hear, and they're coming up, and they ask this question. Jesus said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Let's keep on reading. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Somebody say the work of God. Come on, verse 4. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So we'll keep on reading. We're just going to read through verse 12. Just brace yourselves. We're ready. Verse 6. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. What just happened? I'll read that again. Having said this, Jesus, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. So this is happening. Jesus goes... He spits on the ground to make, to make mud. 
So you're, I'm getting the picture in my head, like, that must have been a whole bunch of saliva. So it probably was one of those, it was a, Jesus curling back this one, making mud. And he comes, picks up the mud, goes up to the blind man, and puts it over his eyes. I have a lot to say about that, but we're just going to keep on reading just so I can come back and say something about that. Okay? So having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. Verse 7, go, he told him, talking to the blind man, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. I want to highlight that word. So the man went. Okay, the Bible says that he actually went to the pool. He did what Jesus told him. Verse 8, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Verse 9. Some claimed that he some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? They demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed, and then I could see. Verse 12, where is this man? They asked him. He said, I don't know. This story is very interesting to me. First off, for the fact that how everything works out and the way Jesus does a miracle. Just if you read the story, it's great in itself. Here's Jesus walking along with his disciples, and he's talking. They're probably talking about, like, life, heaven. He's like, man, Jesus, what's heaven like? Well, you know, I'm going to be seated next to the Father. There's angels, and they're worshiping me. Man, that's awesome. That's cool. And they walk across this blind, and they see this guy who is blind. Now, one of the first things that you can understand from the disciples' understanding of the blind man is this. They had bad theology or what is known as doctrine or their understanding of God and sin. They had a bad idea of it. They didn't fully understand. And they asked this question when they see the blind man. They're walking. They see this blind man thinking, hey, Jesus, who sinned that this guy's blind? Because we know that he's blind for a reason because we know that God is God and God can do whatever he wants. And this man was born blind. And God, who sinned? Did this guy sin that he's born blind, that he's the reason why he's blind because of sin or his parents, that he inherited that blindness? So they ask this question, and Jesus, what he does, and the first, first thing that he does is correct bad theology. Did you know that before you came into this church, you had ideas of God that probably weren't found in the Bible? Do you know there's a lot of things that probably, if I were to ask you very specific questions, that not for the sake of just tricking you, but just to ask to see what you know, there'd be some things I better ask you, is this a Bible verse? Like, for example... Some people think that God only helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. It's not. You know, I was reading just, just what the church people today and just in general think about God, their understanding of God. And it's very, very twisted. It's jaded. It's, it's wrong. And here's a good example of the disciples coming up and their understanding of, of God and sin was wrong. You know, and thank goodness you're in this place today so you can hear about Jesus. You can hear about what he wants to do. You can hear about him because I don't just want to hear about it. I want to know what he's saying and I want to obey it. And we're going to get into that a little bit. So the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned that this guy's born blind? See, they equated that if something was wrong in your physical body, it's because of sin. That you're a sinner. And here's this poor guy sitting there and he's overhearing this conversation. And I could probably, if I was him, just listening, just like, man. And the disciples ask this, and Jesus corrects him. He says, look, neither. You know, let's read that in verse 2 and 3. If you got your Bibles, 
Verse 2 says this. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Thirsty, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But Jesus said this, and this is where we're going to get at. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus answers their question, not to say that none of these guys sinned, because the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus was explaining to them at that moment that the reason why he's blind wasn't because of sin. There's people today born blind, people today born with, with some sort of um, malfunctions, like they don't have proper use of their legs or arms. You know, we're not going to say that, man, people like that are born blind, or maybe some things have happened in your family or people you may know. It's like, man, you must be a bad person. So Jesus corrects the way they think, like you have it all wrong. This happens so that the work of God might be displayed. What is this work of God? When Jesus says this, so the work of God can be displayed. Is it the work of a man? Is it the work that someone like maybe Oscar can do on his own if he wanted to? Like if I say, hey, you know what, on your own, in your own strength, without asking God, do the work of God. Could someone do the work of God as if they were God, run the universe, and heal somebody who was born blind? So we read passages like this. We, we, we like the stories of Jesus doing great things. But I want to tell you today and put in your heart that that's the same Holy Spirit that when we pray, we worship God, is living inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that's active when Jesus does these things. Jesus himself says, hey, look, you are knowing this today so that the work of God might be displayed. And I love this part. Jesus spits on the floor. Okay. He spits and he makes some mud and he puts it on the man's eyes. I don't know about you, but if I was the man, I'm over here sitting, I'm over here in the conversation. First of all, I'll be a little offended, like, hey, dude, I can hear you. You know what I mean? Like, I might be blind, but I can still hear, you know. And he's over here talking about, Jesus, who sent him or his parents? Like, neither. But so the works of God might be displayed. And so here he is, like, he's thinking to himself, man, something awesome is about to happen. Then he hears, <laughs> he's like, what in the world is happening? Jesus just lets down this, and he starts making mud. And then the guys over here, you know, not knowing, probably Jesus is coming up to him. He's just, he can hear, and Jesus takes the mud. And, and I've always seen cartoons of this, and always, they always make it seem like, you know, the guy's always like, he's an older, well, maybe younger, he's a younger guy. He's like, and Jesus comes all off and just puts it. Just imagine this right now. The guy's probably been there for his entire life. He's born blind, not seeing nobody. He never got to see his parents. He knows their voice. He probably in his mind thinking, like, I'll never have a normal life. I'll never have, like, a wife. I won't be able to see kids if I do have a wife. It's not going to be the same. And Jesus comes alongside, and he, and he does a crazy thing. And I don't suggest, like, if you see someone blind, go spit in mud and put it in their eyes. This is Jesus, okay, unless Jesus tells you. But Jesus does this. He puts it in his eye, and he tells the man something crazy. He's like, go and wash yourself, you know. And the guy had the opportunity to say, do you spit out of mud? You put it on my face? Get out of here. Like, who are you? Sometimes we don't think about the reaction of the blind man, but the blind man actually has a good response. He's just like, he goes. He went up and did something about it. And the Bible says that when he went and washed his face, he came back seeing and to the surprise of everybody. Here's this man born blind from birth. Oh, there's the blind baby. Here's the blind kid. He'll be, no, he'll be no good. He's of no use. He can never work for his parents. He's never going to have a family. This, he's going to be a beggar for the rest of his life. And the Bible actually says that's how they knew him, as a beggar. And Jesus, God, doesn't think better of himself like he's just a beggar, but comes to the man 
and does a work of the Lord. The man goes out, and Jesus says, hey, listen, go wash yourself. The man goes up to the pool, and he's, he can see now. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Jesus just healed somebody. He just healed somebody, and the man is lonely. Oh, my gosh. And people are seeing him now. He's coming back from the pool, and just like, oh, my gosh. And he's, he's walking, and people are like, hey, hold on a second. Isn't, isn't that the beggar? Wait a minute, what? Isn't that that so-and-so's son? Isn't he blind? What's he doing walking? Hey, he's walking. He's not. He's waving at me. I don't think he's coming to say hi. Hey, hey, aren't you that beggar? Wait, that's not possible. That's not you. No, I'm that guy. No, this is me. I can see now. What? You can see? Yeah, 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 Jesus opened my eyes. Like, no way, no, 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 but this is crazy. They ask, where's Jesus? And he says, I don't know. Today I want to talk to you about the work of God. In your life, you're here not because you want to hear me talk just for the next 15, 20 minutes, but you're here because you want to see God. And if that's your desire, you came to the right place. God is always looking for opportunities to demonstrate his work in your life. Did you know that's part of the whole deal of being a Christian? That you just don't come to church, but that God wants to work through you or work in your life? Okay? It's not so that you can be, I can be just a better person. No, God wants to just change your life completely and demonstrate what he's done in your life to others. Isn't that crazy that when the blind man gets healed, people start to take notice. Like, what in the world just happened? Like, there's no possible way this man could have done it on himself. What just happened? And that, can that be the, said the same of, of some of you guys in this place? Like, man, that Jonathan, he was a crazy guy. What happened in that guy's life? He is not the same. What happened? I got to know the works of the Lord. Jesus had come to display the works of God. It's evident in, in what he does by healing the man. Miracles point back to God. Did you know that? That every time God does something crazy that you can't explain within your own sense, within your own knowledge and reasoning, it points back to God. And I want to tell you something, that this same God who was healing this man wants to do the exact same thing today. He still wants to heal. Guess what? He's able to heal. Sometimes we think, you're like, man, that's a great story, Jesus, but that will never happen today. Jesus, don't you tell me someone can get healed. Don't you tell me that. Because I know a couple people that may need that. That can't happen, can it? Is he God or not? Is he God or not? You know what? To be honest, when I read stories like this, I think about God's goodness. But I think about the same time, like, man, that's crazy. God's called me to do something like that. God's called me to live like that. Yes, he has. Amen. It's an opportunity for God's power, an opportunity of people to see a demonstration of his power. Amen. God's work in your life. If you're in here in this place, and you've just been going about your life, and you're thinking, you're thinking to yourself, what can I do next? What can I do next to, to probably get closer to God? What does God want to do? God wants to demonstrate his power in your life. Not just every week like, oh, I need to confess my sin, because God always demonstrates that. He gives us his grace. We see the cross, Jesus, and we see, like, God, you've forgiven us of sin. But God wants to actually empower you and enable you to go out and demonstrate his works. You ever think about that? The man, what's the point of coming to church? I want to know this God. But then God is saying back to your resounding, now go out and do what, I, what you see me do. And it's crazy because 
if you look at it in the perspective of this blind man, that's kind of like representative of us. Maybe some of us in this place where, you know, we've been coming to church and we can identify with the disciples. Like, man, I want God to do something great in my life. I want God's demonstration of his power to be evident. And God is saying, go out and take a risk. Go out and pray for some people. Understand who I am and go out and move. But some of us in this place, we can identify with the blind guy because there was nothing going on in our life. Maybe even now we can feel to ourselves like, man, there's nothing going on in my life. I've messed it up royally. And here's this blind man with no hope. Where could be said of us? Jesus comes along and, and he puts mud in his eyes. And as crazy as the guy could have been, like, dude, get away from me. Don't you ever come back again. Don't you ever get my hopes up to think that I can be healed. Get away from me. The Bible doesn't say that. What was his response? He gets up. The man goes. We don't, we don't read anywhere in the passage where the guy was struggling with Jesus. Like, hey, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I'm going to be embarrassed. Jesus said, go and wash yourself. The man gets up. He's probably thinking, I have nothing else better to do. Here's this Jesus. Man, I've, I've been hearing things about this Jesus and him being the promised Messiah. So he gets up and he washes himself and he can see a demonstration of God's work. I want to ask you something. When was the last time... Or one of the times, or even now, are you aware of God's work in your life? Ask yourself that question. Do I see the work of God in my life? How so? What I want to do today is not challenge your faith in God, but I want to challenge your, your attitude and your, your passivity of you not doing anything, just thinking, oh, God doesn't change me. I can do anything. No, God wants to work in your life, but you have to be obedient. As we look at this blind man, God, Jesus said, hey, listen, I'm going to go 50-50. The healing's already been done. Now you just got to go obey and do what I told you. How many of us can say that up to today, we're seeing the works of God in our life? God is doing some awesome things, and we're seeing it because we're being obedient. But how many of us just say, it's like, man, it's Sometimes I always think about quitting. I always think about quitting. You know, that comes a lot into the minds of Christians. Did you know that? That's not something new. Did you know that if you felt within your heart and in your mind, like, man, I'm going to give up on God. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, I hear Adam say this. I hear the word of God say, I hear my leaders tell me to do this, but I keep on doing this. I don't know what's happening. I just feel like I'm a failure and I was always doomed to fail. I don't see God's work in my life. And everybody just says, keep on praying, keep on having hope. But I just don't see it. Maybe the problem is, is that you're just relying on God to do everything for you. Ever think about it like this? Well, God has given us commands and it's our response that activates the faith so that God can work in our life. Many of us come to church and may have the attitude like, well, Adam, don't say anything. I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Like if there's no responsibility that after you hear this word for you to do something about it, that if you hear a word say, hey, go live right, stop having sex before marriage, live holy, live pure, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat on your tests, don't gossip, don't have bitterness towards people. When we hear those things, we sometimes think, ah, I don't think he really means it. But if God is wanting you to respond like, hey, you hear that? Do something about it. Stop. But God, it's really hard. 
So God, it's really hard because that person's easy to make fun of, right? I used to, I'm telling on myself right now. I used to make fun of people. I still do. Lord is, Lord is healing me. But like sometimes we get in our mind like, God, it's hard for me to stop sleeping around with my girlfriend. God, I mean, God, you made her that way. God, you said everything is good. She's good. Well, God, you, 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 you made me this way. God, you made me not smart, so I have to cheat. I'm going to get to college. I'm not going to find a job. God, you made me like this. You made me dumb, so I got to cheat. What you got in this problem? Want to do my homework for me, please? I'll pay you. Right? I'm telling you. We don't even think about this, but sometimes our minds would just go ahead and just get into this place. We're like, that's normal for us. And I think the reason why we don't see the work of God in our life is because we're relying on God to do everything for us. We rely on him to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to lead you by the hand. Hey, you know what, Psst, don't cheat. Jesus, you got to make me not cheat. Because otherwise I'm going to look at this person's test and I'm going to fill in D because they got D. Like Jesus is going to come down from heaven, just transform into your room and just slap you across the head and like, don't cheat, and then go back up. Like, you think that's going to happen? Like, Jesus is going to come around, like, you're about to ride, walk into your girlfriend's bedroom, like, I was about to get on. He's going to say, hey, and just like, what just happened? He doesn't want me to do it. <laughs> do you think that's going to happen? Like, he's going to send some angels for you, for you not to go smoke or drink or do this or give into peer pressure. God is waiting for you to respond in faith, just like this blind man. He had nothing going for him. There was no hope. But when Jesus said something, he responded. And the Bible says that he got what he was looking for. The works of the Lord were demonstrated in his life. And I tell you the same. God has given his word to you, and we hear it. We are, we're humans. He given us, he's given us a mind to understand. We're not dumb. Like, don't steal. doesn't mean that. I can't steal from grocery stores or I can't steal from my friend. Like, what counts as stealing? Don't steal! Do you know what I mean? Sometimes God has given us our mind so that when we hear his word, we can understand and then obey. But here's the problem. We're not obeying. And we're waiting for the works of God in our life. And sometimes the works of the Lord are being held back because of your disobedience, of your lack of obedience to God's word. Sometimes you're going around the cutting corners like, God, man, you know, I, God, it's hard for me to look at pornography, but, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it only maybe Mondays. Just Mondays, God. It's not really that big. It's gotten a lot better. Just Mondays. And we're cutting corners thinking, like, God's okay with me. If I do this, he understands but God is saying, hey, listen, do you know who you're talking to? It's my power. It's my grace. It's my love. You just have to be obedient to the fullest, not cutting corners. And we see that this man, he probably had little faith. Not seeing, go wash your eyes. He didn't know what was going to happen. It's like, is this really going to happen? And he does it. His eyes are open. People are astounded. It's giving glory unto the Lord. And then they ask him this question, where is this Jesus? Where is this Jesus? couple of things I want to talk to you about what is Jesus doing in your life. If you don't care, that's a problem. If you can listen to a message like this and just walk home and just sleep at night thinking like, whatever. There's a problem with your heart, okay? There's not a problem with God's word. Because if you hear the word and say, man, if I keep on sinning, there must be something wrong with the Bible. Like, it's broken. It doesn't work. I remember one time for Christmas, I think it was 1994, 
where there was this toy. There was a like toy. It was a game, but the idea of it, it was just. It was like this machine in the middle, and it had like a giant crane, and at the end of that crane, it had a helicopter. The cool thing about this thing, it would go up and down, and the helicopter would spin, okay? It cost a little money. My parents got it for us, and we're like, oh, me and brother were just going crazy. So we get it. We open it up, and we were putting this thing together. My dad was putting it together. He was helping us. We're like, oh, we're about to see this thing fly. Listen, when you're about four or five years old, that is the greatest thing ever. That's the greatest Christmas present you can ever get, this thing flying around in your house. Okay, I remember we're putting it together, and we're getting ready, and then we're about to turn it on. It's like, ah. Oh. And my brother like, what, what? Did it break? What, what, what? We got no batteries. We got no batteries. So right away, me and my brother's attitude, it's broken. <laughs> We just thought this thing was broken, like it does not work right now, so it's broken. We'll never want to play with it. This thing sucks. <laughs> and I remember I never played with a thing ever. My brother was patient enough to say, hey, you know, we're just going to get some batteries. He's a little bit older. But I'm just like, this thing is boring. I don't want to use this. And we sometimes take this, the word of God, the same way. Like, God, you're going to heal me. God, you're going to do some things in my life. You're going to set me free from sin. And he does. And then we go back to our old ways, and we're just like, man. It's broken. This doesn't work. Like, like you want your money back. Like, why doesn't this work? And sometimes our attitude of our hearts, like, we just don't care. I'll tell you what, if you just don't care, you're in a good place so that God can change your heart. It's not by me telling you, you got to care more. You got to care more. That's going to do anything. It's God that will come down and touch your heart. Because when you realize that God created you for a purpose and your purpose is found in obeying him. And knowing him. That's why you find a lot of things on Facebook. Ask a lot of youth that were once here that are not here anymore. They're searching for a lot of things. And in one week they say they find it. The next week they don't have it. They're looking for something better. Why is that? Because their heart's never satisfied. Because only God can satisfy it. And yet they think that by looking to other things can satisfy it. Nope. If you don't care, it's a problem. God wants to heal your heart. That's called broken heart syndrome. His word's not broken. Your heart's broken. But guess what? Your heart's in a good place for God to heal it. Because when it's broken, God can bring it back together. He can mend it. Amen? Aware of testimony. You see, when you're aware of the works of God's life, of, of, when you're aware of the works of God in your life, you are aware of your testimony. You see, you get to live out the Christian faith knowing that, man, God is doing this and this in my life. There may be things that you're praying for that you don't see automatically happen. And I've been there. I've been a Christian. We dedicated my life now for over five years. And I've prayed for things that I said, God, can you do this in my life? And God hasn't responded with just, like, fixing the problem for me. What I find is that as I pray to God, as I'm talking to God, what God is doing, he's working on my heart and, and working on me to believe and trust him. Like God is saying, hey, are you just, do you just want me to perform for you? Or are you really in love with me? And God would always challenge my heart. He's like, hey, if I give you this, would you still love me? Or are you going to think that you're going to find everything that you want in this one answer to prayer? Hey, hey, God, I don't got a wife. I'm 23. All my friends have one. Hey, God, could you kind of like send one my way, please? And God is probably saying, hey, you know what? Listen, I got that in my hand, but I want you to work on this. Think about something that you may, right now, if you were to say, guys, just pray. Pray for something you want to see God do in your life or maybe something you're asking of the Lord. 
And there be something genuinely that you care about, something that you, you want, and you're saying, God, I want you to do this. And it's an opportunity for God's power, for his work to be demonstrated in your life. Guard your testimony. When you're every day awake and praying and saying, God, I want to see you move like this, you're aware, you're consciously making efforts to guard your testimony. Because you know that God brought you from this. God is doing this in your life, so I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to jeopardize my testimony just because of this. Be aware of it. Guard your testimony. So many people are willing to give up and just go with the best thing they feel is right. When God didn't give you a release, when God never said it's okay, when God is saying, hold up. God wants you to wait. Guard your testimony. Guard it. I'm telling you, the devil would love to take you and put you in a place where it's just you and yourself and just your doubts, and he's going to feed you that. So if you guard your walk with the Lord and you're talking with God, imagine that, that every day you wake up and you're communicating, you have fellowship with God. And it's not like he's just in heaven now. He doesn't care. He listens. The Bible says that he listens. He hears every single word. It's not in vain. Be aware of your testimony. Guard it. Amen. When you're when you when you ask yourself, what is Jesus doing in my life? Okay. How about this? When you are aware of the works of God's of the work of God in your life, you know what to pray for, right? You know that if God is working on something in your life, you know that it's not done. Did you know that there's a lot of construction all around the city? And when you pass by construction, you probably see the foundation. They have one, one wall up. You don't go up to that building that's still in the process of being completed. You don't say, oh, that's a pretty building. I'm going to go live here. That's a, you look at it, it's like, man, that's not done. You look at it, you see, like, there's, there's, they still need to do this. There's drywall. They need to put the roof. They need to put all the electric, uh, the, the AC, the heater. You know, they got all that to put in there. When you're aware of the works of God in your life, you know what to pray for because you know that God's not done with you. You look at your life and say, hey, God, I have a bad attitude still. Like, God, yesterday I was tempted. I was tested. God, help me. You come to your knees and say, God, I can't change myself. I try my own. It doesn't help. God, I need you to put your love. God, I need you to take this from me. And so what God would do, he would put you in probably in situations where his power, his works can be demonstrated. For example, if you deal with anger and you're saying, God, take the anger away from me, guess what? What he's going to do, he's probably going to put you in a situation where you're going to probably get angry. But at that moment, you have the choice. Guess what? It's been made available because you prayed to God. You have a choice whether or not you get angry or you say, God, I trust that you're working in my life. So I'm going to hold on to that because I prayed for that and I believe you're doing it. And then his strength, his grace his love, his power comes into your life. And guess what? Instead of becoming angry when you normally would, or instead of giving into uh, lust, instead of giving into those bad habits, God comes into your life and says, God, I accept the things that you're doing in my life. I'm no longer the same. I'm trusting and relying on your work in my life. That's how it works. We don't pray, hey, God, take this away from me. And you go, up, oh, man, I'm, I'm still being tempted. Guess what? You will always be tempted. But the grace and the love and the power of God is made available to you because that is your other way out. Amen. You know what to pray for, asking the Lord to change you. When you're constantly asking, like, what is God doing in my life? Amen. And the last thing, if you guys can stand to your feet in closing.
build your faith. The story goes on in John chapter 9. I want to read a verse 12 for you. In closing, the man said, people asked him, they said, where is this man? They asked him. And the blind man's response, he said, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, where is this Jesus that he healed you? Where is he? And he thought to himself, like, I don't know. Like, I was so excited of everything happening. I just, I came to the pool and I started to see, I started to see people. He's probably shocked. He can see now. It's not talking about, like, he can, he's feeling his way, like, oh, I can see. Like, he's still blind. No, he was healed. God restored his sight. And then he asked them. They said, hey, where's this Jesus guy that you're saying healed you? I don't know. What is Jesus doing in your life when you're aware of that? It builds your faith. Because if you're constantly coming to a place where you yourself don't have the strength, you yourself don't have the power, you're going to rely. You're going to have to trust in God. And what that begins to do, when you come to that constant place and meeting with, and with God and coming into his presence, see, it's coming into his presence that you begin to change and it builds your faith because you know that you're meeting with God. Those times don't go in vain. Like, man, I'm, I'm meeting with God. <sighs> I don't care what so-and-so says. I am meeting with God. And that changes you. And the presence of God, I was sharing this the other day. With, um, with Cynthia and Steph, actually just yesterday. I want to give an example, or just one of the examples where I felt the tangible presence of the Lord in a room. And I just want to share, it was a time where, you know, I was in Bible college, and, uh, you know, when you come to Bible college, they said that Bible college is like bridal college. And so I, all my friends started having, like, girlfriends, and I'm just like, hey, you know what, I'm going to get me one of those. And so there was somebody in this church um, that I kind of had my eye on, it's funny now, I can tell the story, she's married and has a kid, but it's funny, the story I share now, it's like, man, I got up, she's going to be my wife, you can do all these different things, and I just remember when that didn't work out, like my whole entire, like, dream and vision, like, I'm going to have family, I'm going to do this, God, you're going to do this, and, and this is the crazy part, where months prior to that moment, um, God already told me, like, no, as a matter of fact, there was a man of God who came into the house who was preaching, Brother Glenn, I'm not sure if you guys know him, and he's preaching, this is about two weeks when me and this girl said, hey, you know, we want to talk, we want to get to know each other, two weeks in, Brother Glenn comes into our winter retreat, and he says, Adam, in the middle of, of preaching, he stops, and Adam, God wants you to give it up, I'm like, okay, I was so ashamed, I'm like, dang, like, God called me out, like, here he is preaching, he just stops, and I'm like, I wish I think he's getting something. God is telling him something. And he points me out and says, Adam, God's calling you to give it up. And everybody looks at me, and I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. I knew exactly what he was talking about. That relationship, God said was saying no, but in my mind and my heart was saying yes. So all throughout the summer, I was saying yes. I was like, no, maybe God is saying not now, you know. Like I was taking shortcuts. God doesn't want to be with this person now. But in the future, it's a yes. Like, I'm going to somehow convince God, like, God, you meant yes, but you're just testing me. So I was being disobedient. And so my heart, the whole entire time, giving into these ideas, I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody. Because everybody desires that. You know, if you say, well, I never desire to be with anybody, you lie. You learn. We know you learn. Right? And so here, here I am. And it's just at this place where it's just like I realized that she likes somebody else. And that God would give, give her and, and the guy a word. And I'm just like. Like, my heart was broken. 
not like any spiritually, anything like that. It was just broken because I'd just been rejected, okay? Not because, like, I felt the Lord breaking. No, no, I felt it because here I was going after something and putting my hope and just really my effort and time into one thing where God is saying no. And I was being disobedient. And the time where God was saying, hey, look, do this, do this, do this, I was focusing on this. And instead of saying, God, I'm going to focus on your work in my life and guarding my testimony, I let it slip. And guess what happened? And I remember that day when I found out I was so heartbroken. You have no idea. And I went home. I was driving with the guys. And I was telling them, like, guys, we're about to get to the house. But I'm over here. Like, guys, you got to start praying in tongues. You got to start praying loud right now. Put on some music. They're all praying. Ah, yes. Praying. And I'm like, okay, God. But I just remember I'm going to get to the house and I'm going to pray because I just, it hurts. You know? It's just the fact, like, you're being rejected. Like, all these things in your mind, like, the hopes and future, like, my it hurts. And I got to the place, and, and we, have a, we had a prayer room in the guy's dorm. And I got into the prayer room, and I closed the door, and I just, like, get to my knees, and I'm just like, God, why? Why? What? I just start crying. I'm just going to be honest. Because it hurt. I was like, dang, it sucks. And then at that moment, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Adam, I was trying to guard you from this the entire time. I was trying to keep you from this. I didn't want you to feel like this. That's why I told you no, because I knew that it wasn't for you. But you did it anyways. I was keeping you from this. And when God said it like that, I felt the voice, I heard the voice of the Lord, and I felt the presence of God come into that place. And I realized the entire time I had been disobedient with God. When God was leading me one way, wanted me to show his works in my life, I would say, God, I'm going to go this way. And, and when I heard God saying, you, you did it your way, I literally fell to my face because I felt God in that place. Like, oh, my gosh, like God is in this room. I closed my eyes. Like I'm talking about like on the floor, like God is in this room right now. Oh, my gosh, like I'm not worthy. God, I'm not worthy right now. And the whole entire time because I had messed up. Like he told me something not to do and I did it anyways. And I'm like, oh, he's, he's coming here to get my spanking. You know, I used to get spanked with a paddle. I'm not going to get there because it's going to take the glory away. But anyways, so I just remember, like, he's going he's gonna to give it to me. He's going to start yelling at me. And no, he comes in and says, Adam, I love you. And I was like, I was already crying. When he says I'm crying some more. And guys, I'm not telling him because I'm not a guy's guy. You know what I mean? Captain of the baseball team, like, four years, varsity baseball. You know, the whole thing. Ain't no thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I just remember the Lord at that point in time saying, like, Adam, I love you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then God poured out who he was and, and just what he's doing in my life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I believe at that point in time, God spared me from what people go through as heartbreak. You see it on Facebook when they vomit all over Facebook because they just broke up with somebody. Like, this and this and this and this and this. And you see all this. And God literally spared me from that. Because what could have happened? I could have quit on God. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done with Bible college. I'm done with the ministry. Done. That could have happened. But God guarded me from that and gave me his love. And I'm just like, God, oh, oh my gosh, God, you're awesome. I went upstairs, and, and the guy saw me. They saw, like, my eyes were red because I just finished crying. You can't really hide when you've just been crying. Like, you know, if you've been crying, you're just going to walk like this because how's everything been? Everything been cool, man. Everything been cool. Not even. You're just I'm walking up there. I'm just like, God, it just healed me. And I'm just like, what's up? And they're like. Everything okay, bro? Like, you okay? And I'm like, God just healed me. And they all start smiling, like, all right, what did he heal you from? 
can't tell you, man. Because <laughs> that's personal, man. Not personal, personal. He's in the room. The guy, you know, he's talking to me. But it was <laughs> so it was, it was like that. I said, God, you know, you're so good. And I look at it like this. Like, man, God wants to meet with you, and he wants his works to be demonstrated in your life. But are you stopping him? Are you even aware of what he's doing in your life? Or you just don't even care? Because that's the attitude of the heart that God wants to fix and heal in this place. And I'm not saying it to get you guys all in motion, but I'm saying that God wants to heal your heart. And when a God comes down and he touches your heart and says, I'm going to take this out, and this is, what he gonna, this is how he does it. Because sometimes we get this idea of, like, he's going to come down and I'm going to feel him and I'm going to cry more like Adam cried. This is how he does it. He comes down into these meetings. And when we say, God, when, when you hear a message like this and you respond and say, God, I hear what you're saying. And you come up for prayer. And you put yourself at a place where God, come search my life, anything you want. You say, God. And some things, we, right, as I was saying this, I know the Lord is going out and touching your hearts. There's some things that you're doing that aren't right. That are sin that you know that your God-given mind. You're just like, okay, I got to, I know that. But when you come to the place of saying, God, now I understand what you're doing. And I just don't say I want to stop there. I want you to work. This is how he's done it in my life. I meet him at these altars, and what would happen, he would say, what about this? God, you can have it. And he begins to tear down the mindset and the way I used to think of things, and he just he changes it. I don't know how he does it. It's just the way he does it. He just does That's not like abracadabra. It's, not, it's God. That's how he works. This, isn't this awesome? We're going to pray right now, and you're going to feel the Lord just touching your heart and changing some things. I know there's some things in my life that I want the Lord to just, God, do this here, do this here. I want your work, not just so that God fix me and be a better person, but God, I want your work to be demonstrated in my life so that people, when they see me, they see Jesus. I want people to know Jesus. God, I want to care again. I want to care when I wake up in the morning that I, I can meet with you. I can talk. I want to care about that. I just don't want to flippantly say, well, I, I know Jesus. God, that's exciting for me. God, if I've lost my excitement for it, make me aware of it. God, fix my heart. My heart is broken, God. Not you, not your love. Your love is complete. It's whole. Something's wrong with me. And you come into this place and you say, God, I give it to you. Just say, God, if you want to, he wants to. Say, God, I give you my heart. Here it is. God, I give you my bad attitude. Here it is. God, I give you this. I give you this. And let God build your faith in this place. God, I want to see your work. Maybe you're in this place and saying, God, I'm doing this, but I don't. God, you want to challenge me. God, I've just been afraid of even sharing my faith. God, I give you my fear. I want people to see you through me. God, I give you my fear so that your works may be demonstrated. Right now, and, and, and with all eyes closing and heads bowed, we're just going to get some music in this place. And this is what we're going to do. I want you guys to find a place in this sanctuary. And I want you guys to pray, okay? God is in this place. He's not just at the front, but he's in this place. And I want you to just be alone with Jesus, okay? Don't talk to your friends. Don't talk to your neighbor. Don't, don't do anything, okay? Don't leave just yet. We're praying with God. And this is very important. This is the best part. Me talking was just it's nothing. But you meeting with God right now, the best part. So find a place in this sanctuary. And those things that I was talking about, come before the Lord. God, I want your works to be demonstrated in my life. God, I just don't want to talk about it. I, I just don't want to know about it. But I want that to be the evidence like of your Holy Spirit in my life. Come on, I'm just going to pray for you right now. And as you find places in the sanctuary, just let the Lord come upon you right now. Just let His Holy Spirit 
move upon you right now, God. We sense your spirit in this place. And we thank you, God, that you're not a God who is deaf. That even now, that when we whisper, that we pray to ourselves, you hear us, you see our hearts. God, we give you our hearts in this place. God, we give you our lives so that your work may be demonstrated, Jesus. God, right now, I pray for every student. God, you see their needs, their desires. God, you see their weaknesses, their strengths. God, you see what they're praying for and you hear them. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be with me right now in Jesus' name. Show me your glory. We're going to give you this time right now, just you and God. I'm hot by your beard. Lost in your eyes.
God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. God, we take this time even now, Lord, to repent for not caring. God, we take this time right now to come before you, to ask you, God, that you will make us aware of your works in our life, that you wanted to do something, God, and and God, we wouldn't give up hope. It's so easy to give up hope, God. It's so easy to turn to the next thing, God. It's so easy to turn to something that we can feel, something that would satisfy in the moment. But God, you satisfy our hearts. The author and the finisher of our faith, the perfecter, God. We pray, God, that even those times you would help us, you would help perfect our faith. It's not perfect, but we know that if we come to you, Jesus, you are perfect and you'll help us. So we humble ourselves, God, saying that we need you. We don't find it in our own strength. We never have. Salvation was nothing that anyone can do apart from you, God. And we thank you for that. And we continue to ask, God, that you would use us to demonstrate to this world who you are. We bless your name, God. Be with us as we leave, as we make our way back homes. That, God, it would demonstrate in the house. That, God, that your desire is to demonstrate your work even in the house, God. So, God, I pray that even now that as I'm saying this, that they would... They would be aware of what you're doing, God, and they wouldn't resist it. But, God, they would embrace it, God. We pray that it would affect people around them. This love, this work that you're doing in our lives, it would it would include people that we love, God, so they can see your love for them. We thank you, God. We bless you. We love you. Thank you for working in us and using us. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on.